football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Yeah, we'll scream it from the hill. Super Bowl's coming here. 2024. During the break, I was thinking of ways to cash in on that. So give me a list. What do I need to do to make some money? Well, start getting the T-shirts together. You want me to, you want me to stand outside the aisle with T-shirts? Uh, I think you can come up with something crafty. You can figure out something. You can't put Super Bowl, obviously. I will come up with nothing. Okay. But okay. I will I – will, because yeah, I'm a schlub. Um there yeah. are people who make money on stuff like this. Can I tell you one of the things that better really go into freaking hyperspeed is whatever plans people have for the area around Raider Stadium. Building better begin now, right? I mean, I know there's and, – and by the way, for all the businesses that have been holding out in terms of selling, you think they're like, ding, ding. All right, you want well, to get your business up and running in time for the Super Bowl crowd some, you know, two years from now. Uh, you're going to have to pay a pretty penny. Pay a pretty penny, if I can say it correctly. Go ahead. Do you know how many athletes within the NFL and outside of it travel to the Super Bowl for that week? I don't. But I, I know it's a lot. I, I was like, yeah, go ahead. But setting, well, setting up a big announcement. Well, yes, I am, because you said, businesses, get ready. They may want to find a private training facility, a gym that might be near the Strip. I know of one. Oh, there you go. Okay, you that's see how what I said. Yeah. Yeah. The perfect gym. If I start doing valet now at Crazy Horse 3, will I be on the Super Bowl staff? Listen, let me tell you a quick one. I have a close friend who used to DJ with, and uh, we did a little tour. That's, even, that's an even better idea, my radio background. He owns a piece now to the stage of a parking lot. Cinnamon. He Here o- comes Cinnamon. He owns a piece of a parking lot near Convention Center. And during the day, he stands out there with a laborer, charges 20 bucks a parking spot, splits it with the owner, and then at night, he owns the valet booth there. He's done that for a long time. Can you imagine how many conventions? So maybe, you know, when I drive to Allegiant for the home games, it's funny because you, if I drive down Russell from the southwest, the first parking lot that has a person standing there, $30. And then one block down, it's $40. Then another block down, it's 50 And as you get closer, it goes up by 10 bucks till it ends at 60 And then you hit that AM, PM, and... We go over to the media parking lot. So, I don't know, maybe you could get a piece of a parking lot or you could do something at Crazy Horse. Or I'll park cars. That's fine. Why not? That'll work. All right, what are you thinking about? Where's your piece of the pie? I was actually thinking about crunching pads, but... Uh... Find a high-level national show that'll be here all week. Make sure they're pro- you're the producer that week. We could all By the way, if you... I'll tell you right now, if you work this show... The week of the Super Bowl, you are a moron. Ari, start reaching mm-hmm. out to your national contacts. You need to take off right now. It's kind of looking forward to being. Actually, I'm I'm insisting you take off. That'll put the pressure on you. 
to go out and get you know five, six, seven shows of national work. Dallas. How about that? All right. See you later. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying we'll we'll be doing coverage. Oh. If I'm alive, we'll be doing coverage. I would expect already by that point to oh, be working some national angle oh, and Ari be making $4,000 a show, yeah, right, Ari? Yeah, Ari's big time. He'll be gone. Uh, actually, be- I want to just valet and then just be like, hey, by the way, I'm a producer of a local show. Do you want to be on it this week? And then just start grabbing guests. What if we collab and we tips. do a valet? I find that to be uh, completely improbable. I and got you're, it. I got it. But I will remember you said that. I got it. You hear what he just said? Pretty good idea, right? It's yeah. a great idea. You can start doing that now. little side gig. Last be, our, be our snitch at a local hotel and be grabbing all these Last national guests. Last athlete I valeted for was a long time ago was Gary Payton. Okay. How'd that work out? Not when are we getting long. him on? Uh, we're not. Okay. Steve remembers the last time I valeted, right? You've heard this. Where was I a valet driver? I don't listen, man. Gianni I Russo. talked to a lot of people. Gianni I can't Russo's remember State Street. Oh, geez. State Street is so, right. Wait a minute. I got it. The gig here for comes, the three of us. Here comes Dion Warwick here comes parking her car. For the three of us. Oh, Johnny. Dion, stop yelling at each other. Steve is going to valet and handle the parking at the perfect gym. Ari's going to drive them from the perfect gym to and drop them off at the Allegiant. Hmm. A little car service. Yeah, I think we can shoot higher. I think everyone's shooting a little bit low. Nothing against your plan. I was kind of joking. I think I think masks and hand sanitizer is the way to go. You just get it as cheap as you can and just really two free years market. From now. Well, you know what? Ari might be onto something. Give me yes. some crunch, crunch. Two years from now, yes. <laughs> All right, here's what's happening. So, the COVID positives are picking up around the NFL. Thirty-seven positives today, according to Schefter. Uh, Pelosaro says there's 25 already in protocol. He's got a list of. Five teams, Falcons, Lions, Vikings, Texans, Bears, are in, enhan- are in enhanced protocols, meaning daily testing regardless of VAC status, mandatory masking in the facility. Tonight, mm. there's some controversy. Mm-hmm. They think there's a false positive at hand, but Tyler Higby can't get cleared in time for the game, so that's one guy. Other dudes, Jalen Ramsey was just announced about two hours ago. He's out tonight. That's kind of big. Uh, other players from the weekend include uh, Rob Havenstein and Daryl Henderson added to the Rams list. So this absolutely is going to be a factor this week. By the way, one of the 25 that Pelissaro named, one of them was Rashawn Slater. I was just talking about the Chiefs and the Chargers game, big one. Apparently some Chiefs people are already overlooking it, already worried about you know the Titans and the, the Bills and Patriots. Not worried about the Chargers. I think they need to be worried about it, but anyway. Uh, Rashawn Slater, left tackle, who's done a great job this year protecting the blind side of Justin Herbert. Positive as well. After Keenan Allen was positive last week. So do we have more close contacts again? Remember, you do have some Chargers who are actually still unvaccinated. So there could be trouble for the Chargers now. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, who, by the way, these guys, all everyone's changing numbers so often. One, Melvin Ingram wearing 24 is hilarious. It just is. Sorry, I grew up, the 24s I grew up with, yeah. with the Jets, more recently, Revis Island, but really grew up with Freeman McNeil, running back out of UCLA. To see Melvin Ingram at 6'2", and whatever he is, 275 pounds, with the 24 on is crazy. 
when Josh Gordon lined up, I saw number 19. He catches that short slant. I'm like, oh, my God, they got another big tight end as a target. Oh, Josh Gordon. Okay. Well, he's a monster, isn't he? And now he's got COVID, so in all likelihood, unless something is – I don't even know what would happen if there was a false positive. He's probably out this Thursday, too. Well, my first question is – so, yeah, his teammates immediately, he's in, he's in the locker room, he's on the sideline, but he was also being tackled. He was in for 24 snaps against the Raiders. There's a lot of sweat and saliva and just bodily fluids. Have, has I there mean, been did, one positive that, does, directly tied to – one team playing another and the other team having an outbreak That's a you know, good the day after. I, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen it in the NHL either where we've seen it. You know, and that hit home last year. Remember when the Golden Knights played the St. Louis Blues, I believe it was, and in the second period, Nosek was pulled off the bench. The NHL's having a little bit of an issue with some, some Carolina Hurricanes, some Calgary Flames. There's been some games suspended. Let me ask you this. Because it's going to look up and be like, oh, how many people you know are taking this serious? We're going to get the how many people are taking this serious? This is why we should be vaccinated. Or it's December, it's cold. It's also when a lot of people get the flu. It's just that now they're going to get COVID. Could it be the climate change too? Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Quick is amazing. Man, look how he put his whole body into it. Spread him out. Do the splits. Get it up under your knee. Give it to him. Come on, lay on it. So you can stay on it and you can play on it. Let's go quick. Oh, you got action. You got action. Oh. oh Woo. Hold it now. That almost hit the D.O. double. <laughs> Anytime y'all want the D.O. double G to show up, I'm going to show up and show out. You did. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. I like it. I like it a lot. Little Snoop. L.A., why not? I'm sure there are Canadian hockey fans who are rolling over in their graves in spite of the fact that they're alive because uh, too many of them are stiffs who mock on us. They get all over the Vegas Golden Knights and the Fortress for being too, too entertaining, too much fluff. We just want to see hockey. I would have liked to heard Snoop on the Grey Cup yesterday. A little football action. You know Snoop and the Snoop football teams. He's big on the football I could, okay. I could hear him doing a little All right. Fail. Uh, Darren Millard's with us. Let's talk a little hockey, a little Vegas Golden Knights. Darren, how you doing, buddy? I will tell you this, you curmudgeon and anti-Canadian commentator, that uh, most Canadians that come down to uh, T-Mobile are wide-eyed and think it's uh, totally awesome. Good. Yeah, and Including coaching staffs. Who You're says, right, I why should... can't our buildings be like this? I should not have branded all Canadians just because there's some uh, schnooks some schmucks up on Twitter who uh, whine about Vegas and the entertainment factor. You're right. You're right. I smeared the good name of the entire nation. That was, yeah. that was bad on my part. Hey, before we get to uh, any of the Golden Knight stuff, 21 days of giving. What's happening? Uh, we got uh, the Enchant tonight at the ballpark, uh, the Winter Wonderland. Uh, so today is the day that uh, all proceeds go to the VGK Foundation. So that is uh, is going to be spectacular. It uh, may be starting right now. I can't remember exactly when the doors open to Enchant. Uh, I'll be going after the Beach Game Insider Show uh, with my uh, family, and we cannot wait to hunt down, uh, not hunt down all the reindeer, but uh, but uh, find all the reindeer. Hunting down the reindeer will be really bad for Christmas. And uh, so that's uh, all the proceeds going to uh, to uh, uh, the VGK Foundation today. And then there's a great food drive tomorrow at uh, Desert Breeze. 
Uh, Derek England will be down there, uh, and that starts at uh, at eight thirty with food distribution tomorrow. So uh, a couple of uh, great things are going on uh, this week with the twenty one days of giving. You share a brain with Ari because Ari hates when I say we're hunting down a guest. And like when we're trying to kill the guest, we're trying to make <laughs> sure that they're on. Uh, by the way, I'm going to say here, I'm a little disappointed you don't have all the details. Uh, today I was listening to Nighttime at Noon, and you were getting on Darren Elliott for knowing too much. I know because he's he, he's in the know of everything because Darren runs the uh, runs facilities and he and he looks after our minor hockey program with the with the junior Golden Knights and. And sometimes I'll say to him, like, hey, hey, do you know about this? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know, because he's involved. In, and there's not a person on more email chains in our, in our uh, company than Darren Elliott, who is uh, from, from restaurants to facilities to ice pads to uh, commentators. He's, he's doing everything. So, Darren, as we approach last night, the one thing I want to know, not to prolong this introduction of you on the show, was how hard was it to contain the lawman? Because I believe it was between periods when that game went into overtime, and he had to have been a nervous wreck. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, we're both Winnipeggers. Well, he's, he worked in Winnipeg, and I'm from Manitoba, so we're we're both big Bomber fans. And uh, I, I, in those situations, Willie, tend to just put the phone aside and not check at all. Uh, last night was a little different because we had Mike Davis on from the, uh, the Nighthawks, uh, the Indoor Football League, and he's a former CFLer, and he knows that, uh, that uh, Lawman and I are both uh, uh, CFL uh, guys. So, uh, so last night was very distracting. Uh, I will tell you this, Gary was very professional, and he was more focused than I expected him to be like lost because of what was going on in the football game, and, uh, and he, was, he was locked in. I, I think it helped. That the game was so chaotic at uh, T-Mobile that you had to be somewhat uh, uh, dialed into to what was going on on the ice, or else, uh, or else your head would be spinning. If it was, if it was like Friday night's game, uh, a little bit uh, more passive, then then I think we would might have been in trouble. But last night was just goofy. It was uh, there was a lot of emotion running through the building, yeah. and, and unbeknownst to a lot of us, up, I'm not sure if you were aware. Obviously, I mean, you might have been because you're dialed in. You're at the facility at City National a little bit more. But let's start with Chandler Stevenson, and you know he he he's played every single game this season. I wrote a story for this yep. morning overnight in that, you know, this is a guy who played on 11 different line combinations during the 12 games that Mark and uh, Max were out. Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty were out injured. 11 different line combinations. One time, the top line center jumped to the third line, which I thought is going to benefit this team down the road when Jack Eichel joins the team because then you can mix Chandler in anywhere. Little did we know until the press conference that he lost his grandmother and he flies to Western Canada, comes back, as Pete DeBoer put it on fumes, jumps in the game, has a career night with four assists, and talk about four assists. I wrote about and described every single assist, drawing defenders away, and just with such precision, a um, lot of emotion in that building, and starts with him on the ice. Yeah, the the story of Chandler Stevenson is uh, a really uh, interesting one. Uh, from a high thought of uh, and a high skilled junior hockey player to a player that wins uh, a Stanley Cup in a depth role with, with one of the more skilled teams in the National Hockey League, but, but can't crack uh, uh, an area where he's going to be most impactful, and that being a top six, traded as a, for a fifth rounder to, to uh, Vegas as, as a depth move, and, and then just connects. And 
what what this season has been has uh, has been a, a revelation of sorts of, of how important Chandler Stevenson is to this hockey club because when when his big boys went out, his two wingers went out, uh, he he led the team in scoring, and we all were wide eyed going, "Well, that was that was really cool. It, it it improved his stock." What what I think did just as much was what uh, what the performance was on on Friday night without Chandler Stevenson with Patrick Stone and, and the forward lines, and it, it knocked everything out of kilter without yeah. him. And when, when he was back together and everything fell into place, it was a, a much different performance. And, uh, and I think his stock went up without his linemates. His stock improved even more uh, when he was not in the lineup, and that doesn't always happen, uh, Willie. And uh, it's, it's been uh, a really uh, fascinating journey this year in particular for Chandler, uh, especially after the Jack Eichel news, and they will have a decision to make uh, when it comes. Uh, I, I'm of the belief that, that you still put Jack Eichel with, with uh, Pacioretty and Stone. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did some kind of combination, but I think that, uh, that uh, Stone and Pacioretty do stay together. Uh, but if, if it doesn't click, and there's no guarantee that it does with, with Eichel, that's a pretty good uh, option B. Yeah, I agree, and I think that what benefited was the fact of all those combinations that he played with because now you talk about where his stock went up, but I think what else it did was it brought the level of play up of everybody that had a chance to play around him, whether it was Keegan Colasar, Peyton Krebs, which doesn't, you know, that's relevant, but everybody that played with him, because I sat there and I wrote out every single line combination for this article that I wrote, and just the different names that played around. They, he brought the level of, competi- of, of play, caliber of play on those guys up as well. Um, you met, you, and, you and he produced the word, too, right, Willie? Like, like oh, no, absolutely. Produced. Yeah, no, him with, and Jonathan Marchessault those... tied for 10 points. Like, that's, that's the part that uh, he, he does, and, and you'd expect a center iceman in a lot of ways to, to because that's what he does with Pacioretty and Stone, is he makes those, those two guys even better. And that's right. why I love about him playing with them, is, is he gets... We we see more production on Patrick and Stone with Chandler Stevenson than with any other center. So that's the benefit right there. Whether or not he produces uh, like a number one center or not, but now we're seeing him produce uh, on his own, which uh, is the uh, the daily double. Right, and I implore anybody that's listening to go to Golden Knights website or NHL.com and pull up any time you want, after a game. If Chandler Stevenson has an assist, forget the goal. If he has an assist. Or four, like last night. Watch every single goal from start to finish on the highlight reel that they they yeah. put up, and watch how he how it how it the transitions. Like I said last night, it was very impressive in terms of he sees the ice so well, he knows what he's doing ahead of time, and he brings you right. You can be you can be brought right into the action and understand it a little bit more. Um, you mentioned the word chaotic earlier in terms of just the energy in the building and. The, this is a team that seems to feed off of that chaos at times when it's high energy, a lot of scoring, um, a lot of energy, and obviously a lot of purpose after a bit of stagnant play on Friday. Um, what did you make of how they just kept responding in the scoring last night with the team that with 11 wins, that's the most regular season wins tied with the Kings against that opponent, against the Kings, uh, or against the yeah. Knights? Yeah, I think uh, I know exactly where you're going, oh, Willie. It, I think this is a team that, after the last couple of playoffs, uh, knows what the, the whole journey is about, and it's about 
getting back to a Stanley Cup final. And and the first part of the season was uh, structured around just keeping your head above water and and trying to survive because of all the injuries. Now that 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 the team's back, uh, I think. This is a club that uh, that's going to be focused on on the Stanley Cup playoffs, and and what you saw in the last week was a, a, a team that against a first place Calgary squad played its best game of the year because it was it, it, everything revolved around uh, playing a, a top team and the intensity, the engagement, uh, uh, the execution was all there. Uh, Friday night was uh, a team that, quite frankly, uh, that you you should beat, but was also Team that you're not very familiar with that uh, that's from the Eastern uh, Conference and a team that uh, that wasn't going good and there wasn't that same engagement. Two days later, first place team in the National Hockey League. You get up for those games and and I, I think that this uh, a veteran group that can kind of dial it up when when they really want to and and need to and that's exactly what you saw in this homestand. The two first place teams they played some of their best hockey of the season uh, yesterday. Uh, they they may have given up four goals. But they didn't give up a lot of chances, uh, and and I thought that was when you really break it down. Uh, there were some goofy goals. There was the fluky goal that off off Leonard's glove. Uh, but but the whole game, like as a as a capsule, uh, I thought they played a, a really good hockey game and and showed at times resolve, at times uh, uh, some some pushback, and at times when they wanted to to really take control of the game, they did it. And and that's probably the most encouraging thing for Pete DeBoer, Kelly McCrimmon, and company. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Leonard. Uh, you know, the game before, in terms or when it was that he gave up the three power play goals a couple of games back, and gets pulled. Um, that same goalie was in last night for a very critical five on three, three successive penalties against the Golden Knights with, with a five on three sandwiched in between there, and uh, Leonard comes up big. I mean, they they allowed some power play, but but they also got their power play going. Um, the uh, the special teams finally came around a little bit last night. That's something that Peter DeBoer has definitely been emphasizing, and we've all been talking about really since last year in the in the playoffs. But um, now they hit the road for four games, um, two games against winning teams, two games against losing teams, um, and it's it's really one of those trips where you can't you can't blink an eye, you can't you can't look past anybody no. because everybody's dangerous no matter where they're at in the standings, whether it's. New Jersey or Boston or the Islanders and the Rangers, it's it's going to be a tough trip. But how does last night and even possibly the loss Friday help focus this team to prepare it for an East Coast trip? Well, I'm glad you threw in the, the, the Friday part because I, I think Friday is the biggest attention grabber that, uh, that this team can, can point to. And, and Philadelphia is a team that lost 10 in a row, uh, six in a row in regulation. Uh, and and they came in here and got a goaltending performance and then found a way to 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 beat Vegas despite being outshot and and I and I uh, Vegas wasn't wasn't tight they weren't clean in, in that game so uh, if if you're looking at uh, two teams you should beat two teams that you if, that you want to compete against uh, in the four game road trip uh, you just think to to last Friday and go okay uh, you got to have your your game going and in some regard. Uh, uh, and and, and two top level players going here goaltending uh, better uh, every, every every night. Now this is this is a trip that I would say a month ago you'd be you'd be ecstatic at 500. Uh, now that you've got uh, your your roster healthy 
and and improving, and you're you're down to uh, just a, a couple guys being out. Uh, I I think you can you can be uh, a little greedier on this and and think about uh, uh, three out of four uh, in, in this scenario. Well, the way that things have gone uh, for certain teams, and uh, and you also want to make sure that you're not looking ahead to the to the Friday night game on 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 uh, Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers and that. Uh, the familiarity that uh, that you'll see with Ryan Reeves and and, uh, and Gerard Glant and, and so forth, but I, I, it's four and six, which is tough. Uh, there's there's not a lot of travel, which makes it easier. Uh, I think you can get a little bit uh, more greedy uh, about what you expect at this point of the season. You're back into a top top three position now, uh, Willie. Uh, yep, yep. I think it can happen by Christmas that you can you can be chasing that first place. Talking to Darren Millard, host of the Vegas Golden Knights TV broadcast, co-host of EGK Insiders. Also, the Chirp, the Chirp podcast. Yes, the Chirp. Talk. What? What? What's the Chirp? Is this? Is this chirp your is personal? Chirp. Yeah, it's uh, something I partner with the National Hockey League and NHL Productions uh, with uh, over the last uh, few years, and uh, we, we basically I started that uh, a number of years ago just to just to hang out with buddies, and it uh, and it blossomed to the point where. It became uh, something uh, that uh, that we, we we took to a different level, and then the National Hockey League is involved with it. And I appreciate that. And uh, last week was Ray Ferraro. The week before that was Darren Pang. And there's, uh, I think, uh, the people of this. I'm talking to Ryan Hartman. or scheduled to talk to Ryan Hartman after uh, what not had nothing to do with yesterday's game. But uh, I'm going to talk to him later on this week. Uh, Logan Couture. Uh, trying to think of who else I've talked to this uh, this year. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, something that, uh, that that keeps me in tune with uh, with the entire league and keeps me on uh, on my toes as far as uh, as league news. But uh, but it's also a lot of fun. It's it's a different podcast, and there's not a lot of backs and nose there. There's a lot of chirping and jabbing and, and fun storytelling. Darren, last one. You got to go. Get ready for your show. Hey, what's coming happening, up at Steve? Yeah, I know. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the brewing. I'll call it a storm around the Olympics and NHL players. Yeah. Not wanting to participate. We saw Leonard say, nah. Um, and now we saw a story in the local paper with Alex Petrangelo being quoted about, you know, protocols being, you know, basically down for the count for five weeks, away from his family. This does not sound super promising with these Winter Olympics in China. Well, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's, that's just out there that we don't know. Like the athlete's handbook hasn't been released uh, as far as I know uh, as of yet. Uh, the, the protocols between the IOC, uh, the National Hockey League, the NHLPA uh, are still being dialed in. But uh, yeah, there's there's talk that if you test positive while you're over there, that you may be in quarantine for three to five weeks. Well, that's, that's a non-starter for a lot of guys. It, it'd be a non-starter for, for me. It'd probably be a non-starter for, for you. Uh, so there's, there's some things to be worked out. But, like, I was in Tokyo, uh, and, and I watched some athletes arrive in Japan and test positive upon arrival or while uh, before they checked in the athlete's village. And, and if they had to quarantine and then were allowed to go home for, for 14 days. Uh, if that's in Beijing and you have to go through it for five weeks, I could see professional athletes who have a season that, that's ongoing say, thanks, but no thanks. I, I think that, that that's a real game changer for a lot of guys. I, majority will still go, absolutely still go. But I think you will have some athletes uh, decide uh, not to participate because of that. Once you get inside the bubble, just like the Edmonton bubble uh, in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and in Tokyo, 
at, at the Olympics this past summer, uh, you're uh, you're pretty much set. There's there's very little risk of, of things happening. Uh, but uh, if if there's a threat though of having to spend five weeks in in a Chinese hospital where uh, it's it's not quite the same uh, and and uh, you're you've got uh, different uh, visitation uh, privileges, uh, that that's going to be uh, a real difficult decision for some guys, uh, especially guys with uh, with uh, with families. So if asked uh, to be on the coverage, you wouldn't go. Uh, I actually said no. Uh, I was on the coverage. Uh, I was uh, scheduled to go to Beijing for uh, the Olympic broadcast services again. And uh, about a month ago, uh, withdrew my name from that. Uh, part of that was family consideration, Steve, uh, because I've, I've been going nonstop. And part of it is is the just the logistics of I can't afford to be off uh, doing my real job uh, for five weeks. Darren? Get back to your real job. You got the show coming up at four o'clock. Uh, Thanks for the it. time. You got. I'm not leaving Wallace alone for five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might like that actually, based on the promos I hear. That guy, he doesn't like you. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you're closer to the truth on that. <laughs> yeah. See ya. <laughs> See you guys. There it is Darren Millard. What do you got? Nothing. Oh, you were looking at me like I got something. No, I. You know what? I was. What would you do? Would you go? No. Why not? Too much going on here. There's too much going on. Well, I just don't know. Willie's protest against human rights violations? I don't know about the resources outside of our country. So I don't know if I, you know, I I mean, I'm vaxxed, but I, I don't know. I just, no, I wouldn't. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. Yeah, you know, the mood right now is not very good. I told them that these kind of games will bring out the best and worst in all of us, and it'll be easy to see which one comes out, right? I told the coaches and in front of the players that we need to look at ourselves as coaches, and they need to look at themselves as players. And uh, we'll have conversations going into the week and be ready to play the next game in Cleveland. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. You're a mean one. What else are you going to say? Of course, we're going to be in a mood, right? Rich Basaccia after the game. Uh, I saw the picture that our buddy Adam Hill, part of the company, tweeted out this morning. That's dedication. That's a hardcore fan. Someone outside the facility, bag on the head, holding up a sign that the fans deserve better. They do. Do you agree with that comment that he said games like this? Or, I mean, it, it makes sense, but, I mean, is that a cliche at this point with this team that, that brings out the best or the worst? Because uh, on November 14th, this team was – well, at, let's go back to November 7th. Out of a bye week that had a two-game win streak going into the bye week. Out of a bye week, they go to New York. The Giants aren't much of a team. Lost 23-16. They host the Chiefs and lose 41-14. to They host the Bengals, lose 32-13. to I was there for two of those games. I remember what they played like. I guess those types of games didn't bring out the best in them. So, I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but at some point that becomes cliche, and we're not seeing the best. I'm starting to wonder if the Dallas Cowboys lost on Thanksgiving, not that the Las Vegas Raiders won. Um, 
because then they lost to the football team, which lost to the Cowboys, and then they get throttled yesterday. So at this point, I think, you know, all due respect to Rich Basaccia and the effort that he's putting forth and the fire he was thrown in, obviously, uh, I, I just, I've said it last several weeks. I just don't know if, I don't, I can't say I don't know if he's head coach material, but he certainly was not, he's not the, the guy for this specific position in the situation that they were in. I don't know if he was the right choice simply because of everything that's involved in trying to direct this team. Oh, wow, I haven't heard this one before. Not from you. I don't know if I've heard it from anyone. That it should have been someone else on the staff. Is that what you're suggesting? As the interim head Hindsight, coach? Let me put it this way. Hindsight's 2020. You I'm love Gus Bradley. I'll say that. You seem to. You're very high on Gus Bradley. I'm high on Gus love Bradley. Love I'm, I'm high on Gus Bradley because before yesterday, well, I mean, the Chiefs handed it to him. The Bengals handed it to him. But those games, to a degree... They were worn down on defense, and the offense couldn't they, they couldn't stay on the field long enough, so the the defense got tired. Yesterday, they, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs just came out swinging, you know, thirty five straight points. So there was nothing that could have been. I mean, the defense, but for the most part, the one area that needed improvement during the offseason was improved. So that's why I'm high on Gus Bradley. Whether or not he should have been named or not, I mean, it's just it just seems as if this whole and, and it's none of these guys' fault. It's not Rich Passaccia's fault that this all took place, it was thrown in his lap. Greg Olson, same thing. And here's the thing. When we talked about this, that he was taking over the play-calling duties, everybody said this, hey, he's done it before, but Gus Bradley also fired him when he was calling the plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars as the offensive coordinator there. So he wasn't necessarily all that great at calling the plays. Maybe... As some of the players have said, what makes it so great to play for guys like Gus Bradley and, and Greg Olson? What makes it so – what happened, especially after Gruden left, uh, resigned or forced out? The simplicity of things, keeping things simple, not a lot of crazy plays. The playbook lessened a little bit. The defense, simple. Maybe it's too simple that teams are figuring it out because, as mentioned – those, those first couple of games that uh, Greg Olson called the games, they couldn't figure it out. Broncos, Raiders win 34-24. Here, Eagles, 33-22. Then the Raiders go on to score 16-14-13, 36 in Dallas, 15-9. Five of the last six games, they've scored 16 or less points. Yikes. 36-4-1100. The number to call, caller 7. The Press Box is giving out prizes for the holidays, folks. We're helping them give them away. The Press Box holiday hookup on ice. 7364-1100. You win four tickets to Disney on Ice Dream Big. It's coming here January uh, 6th to the 9th at the Thomas & Mack. You can get your own tickets at DisneyOnIce.com. The ticket winner right now, caller 7364-1100, also goes into the hopper. You qualify for a chance to win a new 55-inch 4K Smart TV. December 21st is when we will announce, or the Press Box will, the TV winner. So call in right now. The Press Box is hooking you guys up with prizes. The Press Box holiday hookup on ice, 364-1100.
Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Petrangelo sends it toward the empty net. Off the post and in. 190 feet from Petrangelo. Vegas leads 6-4. to four. 27 seconds left. You're listening to Cofield & Company, live at Twin Peaks. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. Don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy. I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy. I All right, let's bring in Dave Koken. Look back at the betting weekend. Look ahead as well. What's up, Dave? What's going on, guys? You know, a lot's going on. Um, I just did something I never do. I bet the over in the Monday night football game tonight, and it's very reactionary on my part. Rams and Cardinals, it's 51. I never bet over 51, but I just saw an interesting note, Dave, and I wonder how much uh, you factor in officials to your handicapping. Uh, Carl Cheffers is going to be officiating the game tonight with his crew. Uh, the crew has assessed the most penalties of the NFL 17 crews this season, slapping Buffalo, Las Vegas, Minnesota, and Tennessee, all with 100 yards and penalties in games this year. So I'm thinking lots of penalties, maybe a lot of PIs. Let's go over. Uh, I have no idea who uh, – I have never looked at officials in my life. I just uh, gave you the information. So based well, on that, would you expect it to be – no. A game where there's an advantage to the offense. No. What if they call the penalties on offense? I don't, I don't know. Um, they could. They could call, you're right. Side. They could call a ton of holding. Yeah. I think it's a high-scoring game, though, especially with Ramsey not playing now. I think that I think this could be a game where both teams just go up and down the field. And, uh, you know, it could be one of those 31-28 deals. Uh, and your guess is as good as mine. Who wins it? Um, I, I made a little bit a play on the Rams. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it gets there. It's not the strongest opinion I've ever had, but uh, I think it's going to be a real good game. You always tell us on, on Monday for the NFL the next week, you're like, I haven't looked at it yet. Is part of waiting the COVID factor now because we're seeing more and more positive tests? Huh. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Uh, it's Because it, it's it, now we've got a couple of NBA games, I guess, have been postponed. NHL game tonight is postponed. Um, yeah, I, I'm... I'm we already went through it once, so I guess we're going to go through it again. And uh, it's, it's a big part of the reason I haven't been betting the college bowls early like I usually do. That plus the opt-outs. Um, if it means I lose some value, well, that's the way it goes. I'd, I don't, I'd rather wait and make sure I've got a full squad playing um, because it, we're, we're definitely going to be losing players. Oh, yeah. Uh, everyone knows Dave. He's a no-nonsense guy. You know, He and I will snap at each other every once in a while. We're both kind of... No, no nonsense on that front. I saw you start to engage in a conversation, and I always worry about going down this path because there's always, it always seems to be an ulterior motive when people are talking about COVID and testing. And I saw you just laugh at someone about three hours ago who was saying basically the NFL is picking and choosing who is in and out of these games. Uh, he, no, he, he made the comment that Vegas is doing it. Oh, that Vegas is doing it. Yeah, which, you know, it's like, can you get any dumber? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and beyond, I mean, that's just the most ridiculous thing. Vegas. I, yeah. Who reps Vegas, hear that? Dave? Who, who's, the, who's, the, who's the sports book? Who's the odds maker who, who gets the rep? Like, it's like a pool reporter. Who, or they rotate week to week. 
Yeah, really. Plus the fact that uh, if anything, if Vegas was going to influence something, they they would do it on the uh, on the ra- in favor of the Rams because the money's on Arizona. Yeah. So you know these people are stupid. There's always a conspiracy theory going down. Yep, and they're all dumb. Uh, by the way, I want to disagree, kind of, with what Willie was talking about. Look, I don't care if Vince Lombardi climbed out of his grave and took over the uh, Raiders. This team was dead, okay? You got fooled for a week or two when Gruden left and then the Ruggs thing, and that was the end of the season, okay? It's not the coaching. This team is not a team right now. They're a mess. Uh, I thought they – I did not think they handled the Ruggs thing well at all, to be quite frank. I think they should have come out and said what people in Las Vegas think, which was that guys are screw-up, okay? Stop being nice. No, you know, Derek Carr, we're going to show him the love. No, don't, okay? Um, you want a home field disadvantage? You got one. And uh, I think the team's just had it. Their season's over. And they're going to have to look at themselves and start building the team in another direction, which means starting to go for character, guys. So you say fade on the rest of the way. I wouldn't be on him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you told me that Thursday night on our podcast. Yep. You're like, nope. Don't care that it's, uh, you know, 10, 10 and a half. Not going to take the 10 or 10 and a half. It's not going to no, happen. I, because all the signs are clear to me that this team, I, I don't care what their, what their verbiage is. They're screwed up. Okay, they're completely screwed up. And, and to me, the season ended when Ruggs did what he did. And, and the team didn't come out and condemn him. They should have come out and condemned him. That was the right thing to do because what he did was worthy of condemnation. So you're the first person I've heard kind of hint at the fact about the, uh, the home field advantage. And, uh, you know, there was a, uh, one of the, the Raiders fans was complaining to the paper that, you know, the, the home field advantage isn't here, disappointed in the Vegas fans. And I haven't heard anyone suggest that maybe there are some Vegas fans who have been turned off by the Raiders to this point. And they're like, yeah, I really don't want to root for them after Ruggs and Gruden. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I, I think to overlook that rather simple conclusion mm-hmm. is silly. I, I think it's absolutely a factor. I, I, I know people who have season tickets, and it's like, yeah, you know what? I'll just try and sell them or what the hell with it. They're just not, they're not bothering to go. Wow. They're, uh, very upset with, they're very upset with the organization, and they're upset yeah, with them for, for one of the same reason I'm upset with them. I didn't. I was. I, I'm still angry with them, with the way they were. They kind of were nice to Rugs yeah. after this happened. I don't think they should have been. Right. Dave Kokins with us, part of the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast. We do that on Thursday nights. He's with Wager Talk. Wager Talk has a, a big bowl guide, right, Dave? Yeah, and it's free. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I mean, you can't beat that. It's just got loads of information in it, and it doesn't cost anything. So go to the site wagertalk.com and download it and uh, get what you can out of it are you jumping right in on thursday we got toledo middle tennessee state coastal carolina northern illinois uh might take a little minute middle tennessee state i don't think toledo's particularly interested in this they're, they're the better team but uh middle tennessee's been really hot down the stretch even with the quarterback issues and you know they have a chance for a winning season because they're six and six going in so they've got that's kind of a big thing to a team, and I, I think they might want this a little more. And in the minor bowls, 
that's really what you're looking for more than anything is the motivational edge. If you can find that, you're probably going to get the winner. So that that's what I'll be looking for in these games. And I, I, ideally, I want to be looking to take points. I mean, obviously, Fresno is a lot better than UTEP. But I'm not sure Fresno is going to give a damn about this, to be honest with you. And that, So that's not a game I'm going to... In fact, I, I might just take the opposite side, even though I know UTEP's not as good as Fresno. I think UTEP's going to be way more excited about it. And that's what you look for in the minor bowls. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know what, that's a good point, Dave, With as far as the, uh, are you there? There you go. Yeah. Dave, it's, uh, you were talking about motivate teams that are motivated and aren't. A lot of times there it's those, not just the mid-major bowl with the smaller schools, but small versus the big, and some of those bigger schools that are completely unmotivated and they kind of feel slighted or, ah, we don't want to be here. Have you pinpointed any of those bigger schools, maybe toward New Year's uh, Day or, or New Year's Eve, that you think the smaller school has a chance at, a, at, at a scoring an upset? Uh, not specifically, um, but I, one thing you can count on in bowl games is the teams that are really well prepared, the, the military teams are always ready to go. So... You won't see me betting against the Air Force or Army in their bowls, and I'll probably be on both of them. Uh, you know, they stick their, to their routine, and I'm, I'm quite sure they'll be ready to play. I wouldn't automatically go against some teams that have some issues. Uh, again, just read as much information as you can and, and, and uh, try and garner some conclusions that way. Uh, lines have already shifted a lot of these games. Hawaii has a lot of problems right now, and Memphis has become a good-sized favorite in that game. I think Nevada rather obviously has some issues right now, and Western Michigan, that line swung like 10 points. Uh, Nevada opened 6.5, and, and Western Michigan's now 3.5, and, and I can't disagree with that stuff. Dave, let's close on the NHL. Uh, the board tonight, Zippo, because yep. of COVID issues. Um, so I guess when you're betting hockey, you're going to have to pay attention to this pretty closely You know, with the, the COVID issues. I, I did notice one thing that you were talking about um, on Twitter that uh, right now, if you're looking for a play on, depending on the numbers, Vancouver has turned its season around. Yeah, I, uh, I like the coaching change. I thought it might have an immediate impact, and that's one of the better decisions I've made because I've they played four games. I've backed them in all four games twice as a dog and uh, cashed four straight tickets, and I'm going to keep betting them uh, because this could go on for a little while. Uh, Vancouver's, they're not a great team by any means. Their defense is weak. Their special teams aren't particularly good, but they're playing with a lot of enthusiasm, and they were better than they than they had showed. I think everybody knew they had a lame duck coach, and it was time to make the move. And they went outside the organization and brought in a new coach, as opposed to the Flyers, who just promoted an assistant. And I'm not sure that uh, is going to work out as well. And by the way, quick note of the Golden Knights. Yep. The goal the goaltending is a real worry right now. It's just not good. Leonard's been very inconsistent. Broswas a backup. You don't get good goaltending. It's going to be tough, and we'll see what happens on this road trip. Uh, um, I think there's, there's some worries there on that team. All right, Dave. Talk to you Thursday. Thank you. Okay, guys. Take care. There he is, the man, the myth. He's no myth. He's a legend. Dave Koken with us here. Should be a good game tonight. Monday Night Football kickoff in about an hour and 25 minutes. Minutes? Yeah. Whose house? Rams house. A lot of Rams fans here. This is actually a, uh, a Rams locale. So if you're looking for a, a rowdy atmosphere, Twin Peaks in Henderson on Eastern is the spot. Domestic drafts under 4 bucks and appetizers for $2, $4, and $6. All at Twin Peaks.